G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. The Opinions, The Panel. Uh, well, this morning we're joined by Jordan Oppert and uh, Ross Carl. And Ross, uh, of course, uh, out of uh, Sky. Uh, Jordan uh, doing her work uh, for TVNZ, of course, uh, reporting on all sports events, including the, the Winter Olympics coming up. Jordan, we might as well start there, actually. Uh, uh, it looks like you, you're going to be able to report on some pretty good New Zealand performances. What events uh, are you involved in and... Uh, how are you going on the on the jargon, the terminology? <laughs> yeah, I'm frothing, as Nico would say. Uh, yeah, I head <laughs> off to Beijing this evening, so the countdown is now well and truly on. Uh, but with the Winter Olympics, like it's, it's a thing across the board with media, you see much smaller crews. So I'm the sole reporter with the cameraman Nate for the Olympics, so we'll be trying to get around everywhere that we can and get as many Kiwis in action as possible. The ones I'm most excited for are always probably, well, when I say always, I'm really into in this current campaign, is the half-pipe and the slot style, because that's our freestyle skiers who obviously are in medal contention. But also it's just what they do, throwing themselves, you know, metres in the air, having to pull off all sorts of tricks because it's free skiing or, um, you know, free snowboarding. And I would say the other one in terms of international would be the Jamaican bobsledders. I mean, cool running round two. Mm. I'm absolutely excited for it. So, no, I think it's going to be a very exciting campaign. And as we mentioned last week, I think it is one that could make history all going well. It could make history. And the good news, of course, uh, from your point of view, Ross Carl, is that uh, there's going to be blanket coverage on it on uh, Sky Sport and plenty to focus on in terms of shows. Yeah, that's right. We've got a full coverage through the day and through the night with uh, Goran Paladin, Stephen McIver, Ravinda Hunia, amongst our hosts, and uh, then a bunch of reporters over there as well, Jeff McTainch and Christina Eddy at the events and uh, looking at what's going on. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a really, really good one for us, especially what's come off the X Games the last couple of weeks with the gold medals, with Zoe looking like she is basically unbeatable, um, Nico obviously being in good form, and, you know, medals to come. And I just don't ever remember us being in this position going into a Winter Olympics. So... Whatever's happening down in Wanaka and Queenstown, whatever snow sports New Zealand are doing, I'm certainly no expert. It appears to be working. Ross, you've been putting together and responsible for putting together a lot of in-depth magazine shows uh, on uh, individuals, etc., across the board. Uh, But obviously at some stage, uh, when he's ready to do it, uh, there might be a really good in-depth Hamish Bond story to tell. Um, exciting. What did you make of that announcement yesterday? What has he meant for you as a sport lover as much as a sport coverer? Well, he's just so elite in his approach, isn't he? He's so professional and so dedicated, and he's obviously just got a massive engine. Um, you know, he's in those sports where you, you're going um, forwards. You know, it's not balls, it's not anything else. Um, it's not hand-eye coordination as much as having a massive engine and some good technique that you hone in and it's just incredible the way he jumped into cycling and jumped out of cycling and, and got medals and, and won events. Um, his Olympic stuff has been incredible. I wouldn't say that I'm into rowing, um, 
but you've got to respect um, the way that they dominated. Um, it just doesn't happen like that in most world sports. So for me, I think that's his legacy. Um, absolute professionalism and his preparation and it reflecting on the field or on the water, on the track, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, on the water um, and on the on the road in terms of the cycling as well. Uh, and the other thing about him, Jordan, is image. I mean, so much around image these days, particularly when uh, you're dealing with the media, etc. He seems, uh, from the outside looking in, haven't had much to do with him, is almost the perfect sportsman. Oh, 100%. And I think the thing is, is that he's one of those people who have quietly gone about their work but also spoken up when they needed to. Um, you know, I mean... Uh, I hate yeah, going into. I mean, Olivia Podmore last year, her death happened when they came back from Tokyo, and he was one of the first athletes to actually talk about it um, as they came out. And his words were just, he just knows, he knew exactly what to say um, without saying too much as well. But he's just one of those humble characters that was always great to interview. And what I will say is, I used to um, row during high school, and my first ever regatta as a novice was called the K2 regatta, which is at Lake Karapiro, and he. You know, if you've been down there and you know where the high-performance setup is, it's actually a wee way from the boat park where us, you know, all the school rowers were. But he was the one athlete that you could always spot in the boat park. He'd always make an effort to come up and talk to your school. I went to Pukau High School, so, you know, a, a public school out in South Auckland. He always came over to anyone. It didn't matter who you were because there are elite rowers and then there are those who are just starting out. And he was the one that kind of made me go hang on, these guys are really cool because it's not often that you get elite athletes like that that'll give you the time of day when you are just starting out. And as I say, it was my very first regatta. So that kind of shows the kind of person he is. But also, I feel like he's just inspirational for many things. You know, as Ross just said, the resilience, the grit, his ruthless determination. I mean, three gold medals over three different campaigns. And I think to go out on the eight as well is just the most the icing on the cake, really. Like, that is a legacy. Team of the year for you, Jordan, at the Halbergs, would they be? That's what I think. I've already put my money on that last time round. Yeah, so you, you, you're sticking with that now? I'm sticking with them, yeah. I think it was incredible what they were able to, to achieve. I mean, I know it's a hard one with the Halbergs because everyone is amazing, but in my humble opinion, I'm going with the men's eight. What about you, Ross? I mean, there's a few candidates. Throw the black caps in as World Test champions, etc., uh, sometimes we, we tend to forget those performances a little earlier in the year uh, when we come round to uh, the voting side of things. But um, is this a, a likely uh, eight performance, uh, performance winning uh, the Halberg Teams event to you? Well, the history of the Halberg suggests an Olympic year, everyone else has got no chance, right? Um, personally, for me, I thought the Black Caps achievement was amazing. Um, coming back from the struggles they had in Australia to go along and win the two championship against an amazing team and the style that they won it. But for me, that is team of the year. But the story from the eights is magnificent. They basically came from nowhere um, to, to go and win an Olympic gold medal. Uh, I don't know the context of that. I don't know how strong the eights competition was in comparison to the competition the Black Caps are up against. But I feel like the significance of the achievement of the Black Caps coming from where they came from over a period of 10 years and considering how far they've got in 2020 cricket and one-day cricket international competition, when you combine all of those things and the way that they have basically been the dominant team in competition play in world cricket for a couple of years, I don't think, when you put it in the context of how New Zealanders care about the Black Cats, that you should be able to go past them. Uh, interesting, Ross. Thank you for that. Uh, for Jordan, stay with us, please, if you can. Uh, we're going to go to the news. And let's not forget the Black Fern Sevens as well.
uh, high profile, high achievers, uh, and uh, great image around what they've done as well. So, man, it's going to be difficult. That is a heck of a category to vote on. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Uh, Jordan Oppert with us this morning, along with uh, Ross Carl. And Ross, of course, uh, major focus too on tennis at the moment uh, across the Tasman. Before we get to the special case, uh, a lot of people, I think, uh, are hoping that R- Rafael Nadal can come up trumps in, uh, in this particular tournament. If nothing else, just to, head, to get ahead of uh, Djokovic in terms of uh, <laughs> the majors. Uh, I, I know that uh, a weird sort of way of looking at it, but... He did sort of uh, polarise people with, uh, with that event. I mean, this Australian Open, with the uh, Djokovic affair, it seems to have been going on forever. Yeah, what I like about it is, like you said, you create a, a villain and then you need your hero. And, and Nadal and Federer, the way they've conducted themselves over their careers has been so exemplary, I think, in the most part, the way that they've been so respectful, so liked, so good to the people around them. Um, you know, seeing Nadal go ahead and when was it, 21st uh, that he's hoping to get? I think it'd be amazing. But mm. when you look at the rest of the competition there, um, they look like they've all had a pretty tough go. Like Nadal had cramps, Medvedev had to save a match point. You know, Berrettini's had a couple of five-setters and Sitsipas struggled against Fritz. You know, like it was, none of them had an easy run. So it'll be interesting to see who runs out of steam come the last couple of games. Jordan, I know uh, tennis isn't huge on your agenda, but having said that, as a sports journalist, it's hard to avoid what's been happening over the last uh, two or three days with the special case, uh, Kyrgios Kokonakis, and, of course, the Michael Venus reaction. What have you made over the whole saga? Oh, well, as you know, Smithy, I'm a Kyrgios fan. However, how good was it for Venus to come out and just be open and honest? Like, I thought that chat he had was so refreshing. Um, I think it was with Chris Chang, actually. Um, just to come out and say, for as long as he acts like that, he ain't really going to get to the top. And it's interesting, right, because in one in one area... Kyrgios is bringing in a whole different demographic of fans and he's bringing about this entertainment and making tennis more of a spectacle. When usually you go there and you politely sit there with your fedora on and you maybe your, what is it, Pims if you're at Wimbledon. And I mean, that's all well and good, but he's bringing in a whole different group and making them really excited about tennis. And I think the brand he plays is exciting. But yeah, I must say, I found that whole, um, when Venus came out, I found it very interesting actually that that was his opinion, but then I also wasn't surprised as a competitor. Look, I think as well, Kyrgios will go. I, I think they'll go all the way now. So, yeah, in terms of the men's singles, I, God, I hope Nadal can pull through. How cool would that be? So, Jordan, you, do you like the bad men in sport for some reason? <laughs> I like the good guys. Good, good guys usually do win, but I just love the, you know, black cats, case in point. But I just like Kyrgios for the brand of tennis he sort of created recently in terms of making it more than just the tennis and making it entertaining. Um, because, yeah, I'll be honest, I'm not a big tennis fan, um, but I like watching when the likes of Kyrgios are playing. Okay, Ross, well... Um Television-wise, I would imagine, though, just judging by the reaction courtside, he is huge for the ratings, uh, Kyrgios, but um, is, is it, there's an ugly side to it that the tra- traditional don't like. Where do you stand on it? Yeah, look, I, I mean, the traditional side, I suppose, that's an interesting part of it, isn't it? You think back to Elena Scarsi, John McEnroe, Jimmy Connors. There's always been that level of, of fire and anger and whatever else, but usually it's directed 
at the umpire or the lines people, um, not at your opposition so much. And I think that's where I don't like Kyrgios. I like watching him play because he's got some great shots, but I don't like him because of the disrespect he shows to his opposition. Um, you know, you only have to look at what he said, I suppose, in firing back at Michael Venus, where he basically said, well, mate, that guy can't even play singles. I don't really think much of him. You know, and it's like, doubles is a respectable career. Yeah, he's not a, a singles winner. Mate, just just take it easy. Let the guy play his tennis. Let him serve. Be respectful of him, and you can rack up in other ways. I just think he, he takes it that step further than some of those old bad boys did, and I, I'm just not really down with it. Yeah, I, I think um, my personal opinion is a lot of people think he's quite a complex character. Kyrgios, I think he's quite simple, uh, to be honest, uh, and quite simple, easily led, and, uh, and also um, not always in control. I mean, there must be times when he sits. There has to be, surely, times, Ross, when he sits down at the end of a match or the end of an episode, and there's been a truckload of them, that he must regret what he's just done. There must be, if there isn't, he truly is a lunatic. Yeah, and he actually plays up to it in his social media, etc. So it feels like he's almost become a caricature of himself. I don't think he's self-aware enough to really understand that he's got to take responsibility. Uh, you know, it just sits pretty badly with me like that, how you can do it again and again and again and not learn and not become a bigger man. He's 26 years old. He's been on the tour for seven or eight years. You know, It's time that he grew up in respect of his opposition players. Well, it's an All-Australian doubles final, so we'll see if he's got uh, any respect for his countrymen. That'll be uh, an interesting one to observe, actually. But uh, speaking of finals, uh, Jordan, you'll be very pleased that the Canterbury Kings are in the Super Smash final, no doubt. How good. But would you expect anything less smithy? It is a Canterbury side, after all. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, I do. No, but no, I'm... I'm stoked for them, eh? Um, I mean, they've had a great season. I think it's, and I, what I also think has been really cool this season with the Kings is that some players who have maybe previously, I wouldn't say struggled, but have had their own issues, have really come out this year. I mean, Henry Shipley, he's had his fair share of struggles over the past few years, and this year Shippo's come out and had a blinder of a season. Edward Nuttall as well. So they've been able to rely on their non-black cat players um, and to get, to get the job done. And I just think it's so cool. And I, I just think what a final it's going to be this weekend. What's the go with fans, though? Where, are they allowed in? A uh, hundred. You can get a hundred, a pocket of a hundred oh. or around the place. I'm not quite sure how they can spread it mm. around. So uh, in that in that mm. respect, uh, the brave are disadvantaged because they've earned the home, the home game. So... They're not going to have a huge Waikato support base there or Bay of Plenty support base coming over. So uh, they'll miss out. It's nice, though, that you're on good terms with Shippo and Tomo and Nico and Camo and all the boys down there. Yeah, I'm Jordo, you know. <laughs> no, I, well, I, this is the thing. I do, I, I do actually know quite a few people in the Kings who I've been friends with for a long time. But, yes, no, Henry Shipley in particular is one who I just think has had an absolute standout season and deserves all the credit he can get. And for whatever reason it's been this year, the, you know, the, in terms of news coverage, um, obviously there's been so many highlights. And I think the Super Smash, Super Smash rah, Jesus, that's mouthful, has really provided this season. But... We just haven't managed to get around them too much with different COVID protocols and whatnot. But, yeah, Shippo is one who deserves all the credit, man. He has had a great season um, as a bowler. He has. His, uh, his performance has been consistently good. There's no doubt about it. Uh, just finally, Ross, uh, Roger Tuovasashek uh, uh, making himself available to the media yesterday. It's been a long wait. Uh, he's uh, going to front up 12 for the Blues. 
uh, it seems, um, but uh, he looks in good spirits, uh, handled the media very well. Uh, I think he's going to attract a lot of attention, isn't he, uh, in the coming months? Yeah, yeah, he is. I mean, obviously he's a class act on the field, but he's a pretty classy act off the field. I think he handles himself pretty well with all that experience in the NRL, the way he speaks about, you know, going out and finding people like Tana Umanga to lean on, um, finding people to learn off, and, and the way he's had to go through starting all over again. Um, I get the feeling he's going to succeed because that's the kind of guy that he is. Um, 12, I think, is a really good decision, not just for the Blues, but for New Zealand rugby. We've struggled to figure out their midfield partnership for a few years now. And I feel like having a guy like Roger Tuivasa-Shek with the ability to change change directions, who can also play first receiver in rugby league style, so he's probably got a good distribution game and is obviously a pretty strong defender, I think in a 12 position could offer a lot on attack where the All Blacks maybe haven't been quite as good as they could have been, you know, without a person like Nani Lamarpe punching through the middle with gone sideways a fair bit and he could be a guy who could find some holes through the middle so I'm really looking forward to seeing how he goes with the Blues and then hopefully in the All Blacks midfield Yeah I'm hoping uh, also looking forward to seeing how Caleb Clark bounces back into uh, a full season of 15s rugby as well. Uh, Jordan uh, before we let you go I I also um, just read uh, a little article uh, about the proposed new stadium in Christchurch and uh, often down there when they design something new, um, you have to have it in line with uh, what the locals think, otherwise there's all sorts of debates. Uh, initially, though, uh, it's met with a little bit of uh, consternation that it's not quite uh, green-friendly, so to speak. Oh, gosh, when did this one come out today? Yeah, it's a little story in the design. I've seen the design right behind the cardboard cathedral where it's going to sit. I'm not quite sure in the middle of a city as such when you look to design it that way, how green you can go. Exactly. I mean, come on. Uh, one thing I will say about Cantabs, and I can say this because I've moved, you know, I've moved there from Auckland, is that they're very hard to please. And I think that, what the, as you say, when they're in the CBD, what can you really expect? And I actually think where they've earmarked the land or where they've got to put it is primo. It's, right, it's only a couple of blocks down from the newly revamped you know, CBD and the strip where you can go out. I mean, location-wise, I think it's great where it is. Um, I haven't actually seen the article in question um, but that, that you're talking about, but from the initial designs and concepts, I think it, I think what they're doing is great. I think capacity was one thing where it was probably lacking, but oh, stop! Com- let's just stop all complaining about it and just get the bloody thing up. It's been we've been talking about it since I moved to Christchurch seven years ago. So the sooner we get it up, the sooner we can uh, start hosting things in Christchurch again. Well, Jordan, uh, please uh, travel safely. Thanks so much for your. Uh Contributions. Look forward to talking to you when you get home, and let's look forward to your reports actually on some Kiwi success over there. But uh, the main thing is travel safe and stay safe and well. And to you, Ross, thanks very much for your time this morning. As always, catch up with you shortly in person, I am sure. Uh, Jordan Oppert, Ross Carl were on the panel for us this morning. Uh, delightful and very, very interesting uh, they were as well. Thank you. Uh,